0: Tenemos que encontrar a la bestia,
1: antes de que nazcan más.
0: Welcome, all you listeners, to the Real Thrills Podcast. I am Jay, here with Eric. How are you, Eric? Great, Jay. How are you? Doing all right.
1: Did you get through the uh, Nor'easter we just got? Barely. My back is screaming. I had to shovel. My snowboard wouldn't start. Just it was a mess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you mentioned that when I got into the door
0: right away. You're under the weather, too. You had a migraine. Back to work. This is... Uh, you're going you're gonna to tough through this podcast, right?
1: I'm going to make it through, I think, one way or
0: another. Well, what we're going to do today is we're going to take a trip to Latin America, to a small countryside where a town
1: goes berserk with evil lurking. What movie are we doing today? We're doing 2023's When Evil Lurks.
0: Yes. Now, this is now our second in a row Shudder movie.
1: Am I correct? Trying to get our money's worth.
0: Yeah, I mean, (laughs) surprise, surprise. So we 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 did uh, last month uh, for December. You know, Christmas coming. We did a Christmas movie. It's a wonderful knife. Go ahead and go back a week or go back to our last episode. Check it out. We stayed on that uh, streaming network while we were watching it. We just started putzing through more movies and then you saw this maybe a month or two ago where you saw it coming at the end of 2023 as a new movie you had on your tile ready queued up hey you might like this and here we are today and first opinion about it like without what'd you think like you 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 sent me a text and I I think it's a strong text that you sent so
1: I'll just come out with it and say I think I know it was Probably one of the latest ones in twenty twenty three, but I think it was one of the best horror movies in twenty twenty three. Is that your? That could be your hot take right there. It might be my hot take. I usually don't love possession films, uh-huh. but I thought this one was very smart. I think it fed the like slasher gore craving that I have. Yeah, but was smart, had a good story, and I felt like, in a sense, taught me something that I don't. Usually, learn in possession films. I feel like most possession films are specifically about just bringing in someone to exercise the demon, and it's very religious based. I don't think this one felt religious to me, and I think that's what I liked about it. It didn't feel like it was a religious take on exercising a demon. Right. So
0: over the summer, or maybe a couple months ago, we went to see the Believers or The, yeah, the Exorcist of Believers. Believers. Yeah. Yes. So we saw that. We didn't do a pod on it because it was not worth it. So I'll come right out there and say it because I said at the end, it had one of the best death scenes I've ever ever seen. It hit me in a different way. And this movie also had a couple death scenes that have rocked my world. And we'll get into that, I think. I knew it. Yeah. I texted
1: you and I was like 30 minutes in and I was like, Jay is going to freak.
0: Don't watch this with your kids. And if you have kids, I'm sorry. Big time.
1: You'll know why. Uh, Anyway. Which I, I'll mention when we get into hot takes. There's something I have in here about that.
0: Yeah, so we watched that movie in the theater because you know we we have the subscription and we we wanted to check it out. It was underwhelming because we've seen Exorcist movies. Well, not that I was around in the '70s, but I thought it was just like, all right, you're you're beating a dead horse, right? This movie, to your point total different spin and this is one that I would totally recommend over any exorcist movie other than the original and maybe uh, the Pope's exorcist which I mentioned to you about which we'll definitely have to go check out but anyway I digress it was a possession movie it was an evil demon type but without religion but there were takes of because religion they kind of made mentions that it was dead in this countryside. Right, right, right. And it was because of this lurking evil that has been around. It seems to have been around for a while. Well, yeah, because I
1: think, you know, they go to the cops and the cops are like, ah, uh, yeah, you got to call a cleaner. You know, it's kind of like yeah. when someone forwards your email away and there's like, oh, sorry, you got the wrong department. Like, if this is really that big of a deal, like a demon in the town, you'd think the police would be like, all right, let's figure out how to, you know, help out with this. But yeah, it's kind of like, like eh. Nightmare on Elm Street and all the parents
0: like, oh, no, we got we took care of that or or we don't want to take care of that. It was like,
1: you know, the scene in Home Alone, when, you know, when she calls back to Chicago and he's like, you want family services? You know, uh, it's basically that in, crazy in lady movie. online, too. Yeah. I'm just going to give my hot take now. One of them, just because I think it's relevant for the fact we're talking about possession films and that. Typically they fall in line with religion and sometimes they'll fall in line with like witchcraft and things like that. I'm just gonna say that this film is ten times better than Hereditary. Whoa. Yeah, that's my hot take. I thought this did everything that I feel like Hereditary did in a micro dose.
0: Yeah, see Hereditary is not a rewatchable movie for me. I don't think I'll ever watch it again. Just not one of the, I saw it and I'm scarred by it. And I'm all set with it. So for you to say it, I I agree, but I also the director Ari Aster, yep. I think is the director of Hereditary. I I think he's on a pet. Pedi- I love his artsy oh. f- style. Totally. But the story of this, yeah. And you know, to all you listeners, the spoiler to this one is, it is a subtitle film. Yeah. So be ready. A lot of reading is going to have to happen. But the fact that we're here talking about this, one of my first subtitle movies, and I'll get into that in my hot take um, later. But uh, yeah, it was a subtitle. You had to kind of pay attention, which is a very endearing drawing in of horror. Like I have not seen it in that viewpoint, where I have to now pay attention to what they're saying. I'm reading. I have to understand the scenes. I kind of got lost in in a couple points, and I'll get to that later. But... It really drew me into the story and where they were going with it. So the fact that it was subtitled, it didn't spoil it for me, but I I, I also will say later that I wish it wasn't, but at the same time, I could see why it drew me in too. So it's kind of like a catch-22. Well,
1: I think this is one of those films where if it didn't have the platform of something like Shudder where it was brought to the US, I feel like... In five years, somebody would have redone this exact film under a U.S. name and made it, you know, kind of like The Ring. Yep. To me, that's a, that's what would have happened. But the fact that it's got a platform and it's not a new director, or writer by any means, Damien Rugna, he's done some other films that are also there to just scare you. And it's not scare you in the sense that there's this um, you know killer chasing you, but it's more of like. The, the fear of the unknown and the fear of what's going to happen next. It's almost like there's chaos and the calmness. And I think looking at this movie being 100 minutes long and watching it straight through, I kept thinking to myself, like, all right, there's some parts in this that are kind of slow. Yep. And what I thought after that was like, okay, it's kind of like when you're on the highway for a long time. And you're like, I'm moving very slow, but you're driving 80 miles an hour. That's what this movie is. I don't think the parts that are slow are slow. I think you're just used to them being so fast that this feels like there's a small gap to build tension again. And this movie does a great job at building tension. But again, going back to Hereditary, you know, the girl with her head out the window in the car, there's like five of those scenes in this movie. Oh my my God,
0: is there ever? Yeah, once you kind of link those together, I I could see where your head was at. And why this one just kept going with it?
1: Yeah, hereditary
0: kind of had just like your analogy there had some had some high and low and weird, and then at the end it just went boom. Here it all is. This one, not really. Like it It just kept kind of going and had little trinkets as you kept going. Like, is this movie going to end? Like the last, (laughs) you know, uh, the last scene, which I'm not going to give away, was a surprise. I'm like. That's how it ended, and then you could see how it crippled the brothers. Well, I
1: think the good thing about the last scene is you understand how it ended and, in a sense, kind of how it began. Yeah. Right? Because you get to see the brother of Uriel, and he starts explaining kind of what happened. Mm -hmm. And you're like, okay, now it all kind of – it all comes full circle. There are parts in the movie that I was confused, and I was like, did I miss something? It does a very good job of explaining it. So I would say if you're watching it and you're kind of a little bit lost in some parts, or you feel like you might have missed something, or I got to go back and read the subtitles again, you're okay. It will it will kind of come full circle and explain it. But to your point, and and that's my (laughs) uh,
0: full disclosure. I might be there with you where I'm like I feel like I miss some stuff, or I need to watch it again, which is a good thing.
1: Yeah, I want to so, watch it again, and that's yeah. it, like instantly. I was like, I could. I was almost going to watch it before you came over <laughs> for the podcast because I was like, I kind of want to get into it again, and for for a bunch of reasons. But I will say, what's interesting about the subtitle piece is like it's kind of. It's tough for the people, I think, who go see horror movies and are used to being able to cover their eyes a lot, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, where they're like, okay, I know there's scary parts, but as long as I cover my eyes, I'm okay. It's like, well, you might miss some key dialogue. Yeah. Um, so, you really kind of have to either understand Spanish or you got to try to keep the eyes open. And it's hard in this film. There's yeah. a lot of scenes where you want to look away. And for me personally, I'm watching the film the whole time and I can feel like my face getting tired from grinning so hard. And- what? I know it sounds messed up, but it, there was just something about— Just
0: enjoying it. You're like, yeah, this I is ju- so
1: good. I just love that it like took me to a place and just kept going with it. It was like unrelenting. It didn't ask for forgiveness. It just went where it went, yeah. and you either dealt with it or you didn't, and I, I really like that about the film. So I want to go back and watch more of this writer-director stuff yes. because I just think that there's, a, there's something to be said here. And I watched, like, an interview with him uh, recently, just a couple minutes to kind of get a, a feel for him. Seems like a really solid dude, loves metal music. He's in a band in Argentina, and, you know, they play, like, covers of Iron Maiden and shit like that. And know. he just seems like a cool dude who grew up on horror the same way we did and did something with it. And I'm, I'm so happy.
0: Yeah, and the way, like I said in the beginning of the pod, we're taking you to a countryside in, well, he's from Argentina, but yep. in Latin America. We don't. It, yep really not sure it could be any countryside in any wor- any world i think it's purposely non-specific yes. but it's beautiful right and um it's just you know like i said when where evil lurks is just when a- evil lurks when yeah sorry um where, where it lurks too is important and it's here in this countryside <laughs> i guess it doesn't matter because the way that they describe this evil being
1: or this they keep referring to it as a demon the rotten. The rotten. I love that. As soon as I said, it's a rotten, or there's a rot- a rotten around, I just love that. Yeah, and, and
0: there was, you know, that that first rotten, like, I didn't understand. And when we first saw him, I was like, ah, oh, this guy's disgusting. Like, like let's oh. get the camera off this guy. <laughs> but later in the movie, you understand why he looks the way that he does and why he's rotten from the inside. Yeah. So, any other, like, you, you just went over it. 100 minute. On Shudder, I mean, these are home runs right now. Uh, The writer, director did both. Like, again, I'm a sucker for that. If you can write and direct, have your vision displayed, I'm just like, hurrah. So all those are good things. Anything else? You said an interview, any other
1: background? Uh, I want to mention it has five skulls on Shudder. It's very well rated. It seems to be people... I guess agree with, with me on this, that it, it's a pretty rocking movie. I want to just mention a couple things about the opening scene because there's something about the cinematography in the film and it doesn't carry on through the whole thing, but in the very beginning, there's a lot of these kind of speckled lights. There's a lot of um, light glare mm-hmm. on the lens that to me in a way as the film is going on and it starts, that starts to disappear, it almost feels like the birth, like you're waking up to it. And it kind of comes full circle later in the movie because there's another birth. But for me, it's almost like when you first open your eyes and you got that kind of glossy eye thing, it feels like that. And then it, it starts to build into the beautiful countryside and there's really nice shots and cinematography. Um, but I like these these small glares and like light speckles on the screen that really just kind of like it's a little disorienting. But then it's like you wake up to it and then you're there in the evil so, I,
0: well, and, and like you said, the themes you just kind of hit it, you got light plays a huge theme, light and darkness. Yep. Um which is a flip on its head, right? In this movie, they are attracted to light. Yep. Light exposes them, the or the rotten. Right. Um whereas darkness you're safe. Right? That's kind of you don't use
1: electric lights. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because I feel like what's different than a lot of other horror movies Especially even possession films, a lot of this takes place during the day. It's yeah. kind of a mixed bag. It's not like it's all night where you're afraid specifically of the darkness. You're afraid all the time. And and another important
0: theme it's 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 wrapped around family. It's wrapped around kids, children.
1: Um, I think the big story is the relationship between the brothers, right? Yeah. And, so the brothers are kind of the main characters in a sense and we can probably talk about this through the like award segments and stuff. But the interesting relationship between the brothers is almost that, you know, you've got Pedro who kind of plays the lead, who's got the kids in this. And then you've got the brother Jaime who is almost like so dedicated to just helping his brother. Like he never asks a second question, bats an eyelash. He's just there to go be with his brother and make sure that they get out safely, even though the brother is kind of sidetracked.
0: I'm going to be the first one to kind of mention this. Like, you know, it's the depiction. I'm not going to get too far into this um, idea, but are you a Pedro or are you a Jaime? Like, which one are you? Pedro is kind of looking for answers, wants to resolve, wants to fix. Jaime is also very, like, passionate in helping and assisting his brother. In a way, Pedro...
1: Is more of, he's more leading with his emotion. And I think that Jaime is sort of thinking a little bit more logically. Like he goes to find the woman that he slept with, <laughs> who's yeah. like 30 years older than him. His teacher, um, big time old- cougar, yeah. used to say it. And he goes to find her because he knows that she's got some experience as a cleaner. So yeah. I think he's thinking a little bit more level headed. He's like, let me go get our mother. Let me go. We're going to meet here. Do this thing. And Pedro, I think it's like, there's a point in it, especially when he goes to get his kids, when he, when he realized shit, shit's going down is he's just berserk, right? Mm-hmm. He's all over the place. He's, he's got so much anxious energy and that's even before all the terrible things that happen in the scene directly after that. Yeah. But
0: he's also the go getter. He's the final girl, whatever. Like he's, he's, he's battling it. He's trying to take care of it. He has the most tragedy happen to him, even though it's his brother. But you're right. It's like, to me, it's like there's two people in the world. Either are you Pedro or you're Jaime. Like Pedro's like trying to get shit done, and Jaime's just like, well, let me pull in all my resources and really get to the bottom of this. Like, let me get answers. This guy's just like, let me go action. It's
1: a little like a tango and cash relationship. Like, you need them both, but they both bring something different to the table.
0: That's why I said I'm like there's going to be some kind of hit, spit takes about how these two are symbolic of something. And I'm just like one is a go-getter and one is a
1: let me get my answers. I do like that in a sense without giving away too much of the ending is that like they're still together at the end. Yeah. And there's still a lot that's going on. And a lot of love lot.
0: too between them because it's yeah. like they made it they, – they started together. And I couldn't tell in the beginning like what's this relationship? Are they just buddies? They just work together? Yeah, like, yeah. It was just kind of like and then as it well they lived together,
1: right? right and it has it kept going. You're just like, "Oh my gosh, these guys are like inseparable." Yeah. There's guys that I know, like guys that I'm friends with that have a brother that ha- that are close in age that just have that relationship and it's like I'm su- super jealous of it. It's like yeah. just to have that person that's like your best friend and your brother and like you you live together and you know what I mean? Like you're <laughs> you're dealing with the same shit and you, somehow you you still have this great relationship. I think in a way like it's kind of the the hopeful piece of the entire film yeah. is like love. It's like let's say this really goes down and you're completely just fucked with everything around you is falling to shit. Like the only thing that really keeps everyone hopeful to to live another day is the fact that they love each other and they've got these great relationships.
0: Yeah. Yeah, family first, right? So with that said, you almost got into it. What's your drop? I mean, you already kind of painted the picture with the opening scene, but what's your oh. drop? Now now to me this movie had many drops but the I mean, whole thing is a fucking drop. Yeah, like it's just <laughs> I I tried to pick the first drop to me but yeah. I mean you could go on and have six of them in this movie I think.
1: All right, I've got like a a slash one because I think it's called kind of all in the same scene. <laughs> okay. I've got when they first see Uriel. Right? He's okay. the, he's the original rotten. Yep. I think just seeing him in his state is the drop. There's just like what is this demon doing to this person yep well, we don't um, even know yet yeah we're talking about like he's bloated he's disgusting he's got sores and pus and stuff all over yeah. him he's dripping snot he yeah. wants to die he's yes. saying kill me he, someone's taken over his body essentially using it as you know a platform yep and i would say that he looks to me like the personification of the Mucinex booger from the commercial. Wow, there you go, yeah. And my favorite part about the whole thing, and it sounds fucked up, but he's just laying in bed basically naked but a pair of white briefs, and he's got the most mountain dewy-colored piss stain on his underwear, and I'm like, that's awesome. I don't know. (laughs) It's just, I don't know, I loved it. It it kind of to me felt like a little glimmer of humor in what is like a really disgusting, like revolting scene. It's just this like... Slightly too bright coloration of piss in this guy's underwear. Yeah. All
0: right, so you were you were the scene right before mine. So mine's the goat scene. Uh,
1: well, I think doesn't the goat scene the goat scene happens after? Yeah, that's what. Oh, sorry. oh your I'm scene be- was I'm right, before yours. Okay, yeah, your you. scene was
0: right before mine because after that they dealt with Uriel, and now they're in the shit. Right. Yep. Right now the demon's kind of exposed, or it is now. It's out there.
1: It's, so so to bridge into your scene, we've got. Ruiz who is the landowner right yeah. so they find Uriel who lives in this small little shack with his mother and his brother and we go to Ruiz who's the landowner who comes and he's like get this fucking guy off my property yep. right and, so they, they yeah. take care of that and then next
0: scene later he's back at home like they, they go on this drive they try to take care of it right yep. they finally get back um, and you know he, he just seems very distraught like very confused And then his wife comes screaming in and is fearful. There's this goat. And the goat is always a symbolic character of, like, demons. And and just it's just, you know, not not the goat like uh, Michael Jordan here. But I'm just like, this this goat to me is like, oh, it's the goat scene. Not Jim Brewer, goat boy. (laughs) Yeah, so this is like the goat scene where they pick out this goat. It's not fearful. It walks right up to this guy's gun. He's got a shotgun on its head. And then the wife just goes grabs an axe and said, Don't do it that way, do it this way and then shoots the goat, axe to the head, and then I'll save the next seed for my one of my favorite
1: dust seeds. So oh. <laughs> should I just walk into that? Are you done with your drop? My drop was the Ariel slash that exact scene. So we're both in the same page. Right. It's basically one long That's scene five in a way, minutes. Right? I don't know,
0: seven minutes and you you went from Ariel <laughs> to axe to the head. So it's yeah, it's it's then nuts. then all right. Then we transition to the death scenes. Now, there are many. And, I, you know, we try to say
1: choose your best one. So, how many deaths would you say, like, that you see on screen? There's probably, it's not more than 10, but they're all very good. They're all, very, yeah, they're all very jaw
0: dropping. Like, it, it, it keeps trying to do it one better. Now, this was one of the first death scenes. And I just, it just, it got me right away. So, it shoots the goat, the woman, the mother, who's pregnant, by the way, has an axe takes it to Rui's head. and then this is my favorite death scene because I just don't even know how this happens, and they just went for it. Totally. where she just drops to her knees, turns the axe around in her ha- in her hands, and starts slamming the axe into her face five or six times until yeah. she
1: finally dies. And you see that on the cover, like there's a picture where you're kind of confused on the cover, like, why is she holding the axe backwards? Okay. (laughs) But
0: the thing is, I thought, oh, she's just going to have enough strength to just do it once. No, no, no. Oh, no.
1: (laughs) Well, what I really liked about that part, and again, this isn't to give anything away, is I think as soon as you see her, you're thinking, okay, okay. Demon is going to hurt the baby, right? Because she's mm-hmm. pregnant. And you're, the whole time you're thinking, like, something's going to happen with the baby. And then she's gone in two minutes. And yeah. you're like, oh, they're not going there. No. Where the fuck are they going? Oh, they went there later, but yeah. not in this scene. Yeah. So good. Yeah. I thought that whole scene was the first point where my jaw dropped and then the grin started on my face because I'm like – they're just going Now, here it. we go. I, I think you even said, like,
0: I, I, that's when you texted me. It's like, hey, man, this is a 10 out of 10 right now, and I'm not even through this I, yet.
1: <laughs> I texted you at, at my favorite death scene, which okay. is, I'm just going to call it the family scene. Pedro goes to what is his ex-wife's house. She's with another dude at this point. The other dude and her have a kid together. It sounds like she maybe was unfaithful during their relationship and basically got pregnant while they were still together. So he's got two sons, and the ex-wife and her new husband have a daughter together. The daughter is the young one, and then we've got a—I would say the daughter is probably what, like five? Yep. Five years old. The the son is maybe like six or seven years old, and then you've got the older boy who's probably like 15. Yeah. Right? Yep. Um, All tracks. So he goes, and he's like, we got to get out of town, right? We know there's evil here. We got to get the fuck out of here. And he's going to grab his two boys and get out of there. And he's, like,
0: insane. He has a he, restraining
1: order yeah. at this house. He wants to take the wife, yeah, too, yeah. Like, or his ex-wife with him, but she yeah. doesn't want to go. And right. this is this crazy, chaotic scene. Very chaotic. And there's a lot of deaths that happen. I don't want to ruin them because I, I want you to be surprised. Yeah, but pick the one. Which one is it? I think it's probably the car. Oh, not Vicky. No, <laughs> I mean that's good. But I, I like the car. V- Vicky had hereditary vibes, big time. Yeah. <laughs> so I just think the car is the point where you're like, okay, they went for it. It's over. Then the car thing happens, and you're like, what the fuck? Well, like, yeah, it's not and, done. And before that, Vicky, who we thought was lost, is just all of a sudden comes fast. back. She's great. Perfect. And she
0: whispers in the ear. Daddy's gonna try Daddy's, to hurt you. Daddy's gonna hit you with a car, and she's just like, "What?" And then here comes this pickup truck,
1: screaming out of nowhere. All I could think was, "Dodge!" <laughs> like the truck. <laughs> it might have been the. I might have been thinking about the truck brand, or maybe I was just thinking about what they should have done. But it was a really cool scene, and what I like about it the most, I think, and we'll talk about it later in the in the soundtrack, is that there's this. There's this kind of tense music that starts, but not horror tense, sort of like what you'd see in a chase scene of like a police show or something. Yeah, And it builds this, this weird tension during that part where it's like, bum, 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 and it kind of gives you this, you know, it kind of gets your heart rate going at that pace in a, in a way.
0: Yeah. To, to carry on with that, I, we would probably get into this later, but I, the only note I have about the soundtrack, it's more of a score. Yep. Right? It was subtle yet impactful. Like, every yeah. time. It was just, like, this faint thing that was happening. But it was, like, mirroring your heartbeat as you were, like, watching this. Yeah. Like, you could tell, like, so, like it's subtle enough that you couldn't tell if, how bad it was going to be. Because the music was always very, you know, mundane to it. Yeah. But when shit did go down, that's the
1: impact. And I was like, yeah. this soundtrack really vibed. Right? It was almost like a, like a Kill Bill kind of thing where they keep going, Woo, woo. Every time Beatrice is going to start kicking ass is it almost has this thing where it just builds a tempo and the tempo is kind of just like, all right, let's take it from where we had this kind of slow, what's going to happen next and get your heart rate going again. Yeah. And it it was really cool. It reminded me a lot of, I don't know if you ever watched True Detective, but there's a scene in the first season of True Detective where they go to break down into this house where they're cooking meth or something. It's, like, all these Nazis that live there or something. Mm-hmm. And they have this crazy, like, overhead view of, like, from a helicopter where they're they're running around the house trying to get out and all these people are chasing and it's, like, this really tense scene. But there's this great music behind it where it's, like, again, all hell is breaking loose. It's, I'd like, say. a chaotic, riot kind of scene. And just the music does such a good job at not detracting from that, not taking away the attention. But not but, overdoing it either. Exactly. It's just to your point it's faint in the background but as you're watching the scene you're like okay why am i getting these weird goosebumps and it's, it's, like, impactful. it's because yeah, of the music
0: it's, it's just impacting so yeah. and again we don't want to spoil any more death scenes but there's some really great ones as you go along in this movie it doesn't stop so we avoided the kids that's the only hint i, I will give <laughs> uh hot takes uh, that's I, my hot take can i give it to you what
1: One of my hot takes is I like when they kill children in the movies, in horror movies. I know that sounds messed up, but hear me out. It's because I want to see that when there's evil or there's a killer or a psycho or something that's there in a film going after people, that I want them to have no moral boundaries. I don't want them to... Steer clear of animals, or st- and I don't want to watch it on screen. Like, I'll probably close my eyes. I don't want to see anyone like kill a dog or anything, but I do like that there's just no boundaries. I like that they're there and they're going for it. So, I think to me, another film that I mentioned this in a long time ago that we did on the podcast was Sleepaway Camp. It's one of the only camp movies that shows that they butchered some kids at camp. Well, and we've
0: said it before, I think, in very early episodes. One of my favorite Friday the 13th is when the kids actually came to camp. Yeah, because that's like, oh my gosh, they're going for it. Kids are here, and and Exorcist was a kid. So now Mitra, who just spits fire throughout this whole movie, she's like one of my favorite characters. Yep, uh, she is the teacher that Jaime uh, wanted to go see and seek out. She, her husband was the cleaner who got murdered in the first scene. Yep. And she's a cleaner herself. So there's a lot of background of, like, she knows what's going on. Yep. Now, she has a line that I completely uh, <laughs> had to go backwards in uh, and just make sure I wrote this down. To your point, evil likes children. Loves. No, it was like. Oh, it was likes, okay. evil like Evil likes children and children like evil. That was it. She, that's all she said. Yep. And I, was, I had to write it down and to your point. It goes to show you that, yeah, demons or these spirits, these rottens, they don't give a yeah, rat's
1: not, ass. They're not if holding you're old. Yeah, and it's like
0: because you're just, I just want to get rid of you. I want to eradicate you. I want to erase you. And sure as shit, <laughs> they went for it in this movie. So I wrote that. That you know, to your point, you know, it's a good hot take because not many people would want to say that, and you went for it. So you know, I'm I
1: want to be the king of the hot takes on this podcast if I can help it.
0: Uh, so. Sabrina, who is the ex-wife of Pedro, not really a hot take, just an observation. She's got the Wendy Torrance vibes going. Yep, I saw her face, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, it's Sherry Duvall, just yeah, thirty years, forty years later. So <sighs> I was just like, oh my god. I'm just putting that out there. They're li- they could be sisters. Uh, apple or ice cream, that's fire. Oh. Is it fire?
1: Like I don't that kid, know. That kid loves when apple I saw ice cream. The color of it, I was like, mm. was it green? Yeah, it was super green. It looked like pistachio ice cream. Probably
0: was, but I mean, a- apple ice cream, is it fire? have never heard of it, never ever wanted to try it. I don't know. That sounds like an Italian ice flavor to me. Uh, I don't know how you mix in milk and apple. I
1: uh, how does that go? I thought maybe like apple pie initially, like maybe it's a, like a apple cinnamon kind of ice cream or something. Is it like garlic for vampires? It must be, it must be. Yeah.
0: My other hot take is that <laughs> I said how beneficial the subtitles were, but I guess I'm just not that artsy. My point is, you know, it, it might get better in my streaming category, but all Netflix has to do is buy this from Shutter, dub it, just like oh, Games, uh, Squid, Squid Game. Games. Yep. So that was all dubbed, right? To be Americanized. Yeah. So Netflix, go ahead and go get this, dub it to English, and I'm telling you, this is a number one chart stopper for like weeks. Yeah. For Netflix. So that's kind of my hot take to say, Netflix, go ahead and go go to Shutter and open up your checkbook and say, let me dub it, because it, once you dub it, you're gonna open up to a lot more people. Like I'm not considering myself artsy. I'd rather it dubbed, but I guess I'd come back to you in that podcast as I liked it better the other way. Yeah. Cuz we saw the original, but I could see a lot more l- viewers getting behind that and Netflix getting behind it too. This this movie would skyrocket. So that just not more
1: of an observation, not really a hot take, but uh, I mean that's that's all I had. The only other I have two other hot takes, they're more about potential English remake recastings. I would love to see Ruiz played by Paul Giamatti. (laughs) He just has a Paul Giamatti vibe to him. I just would love to see Paul Giamatti in that role for like Oh, you're like recasting here. Yeah, just spit and fire. And I also, I know he's dead now, RIP, but I was getting from Pedro super Luke Perry vibes. Oh, wow. I just got, like, he looks like Luke Perry in a way, and I was just getting the vibes from him from when he's on... Like, you can go from like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, or like when he was a short cameo on Oz for a little bit. But there's something about him where I'm like, I could see it like a, a Luke Perry type in that role as Pedro. But then you'd have to like balance it out with uh, Jaime. And I'm sure if they did it, they'd probably put like fucking Will Ferrell in it or something. Oh my God. <laughs> but anyway. All right. What the fuck? Um, <laughs> I think all my what the fuck's were just that. I kind of explained in my hot take, like, they went for it.
0: Yeah, they went for it with the kids, and there was a lot of that theme in it. So for me, it was uh, the moment when, um, I'm just going to call him the Amer- Jimmy, Jaime. Yeah. When he is in the car, and he keeps flicking on the lights, and he finally comes up to Sabrina, who has been possessed, and she stole Santino, who was the Pedro's son, middle son. The seven-year-old, yeah. Yeah, the younger son. Stole him. I won't disclose what she's doing to him, um, but he's driving by and he just looks over and sees what's happening to poor Santino by his mother. And he keeps driving and then he stops. And I'm like, what the fuck, man? Just keep going or, or right. hit her. like Get right. get rid of this thing. But the problem is you can't kill these demons and it just keeps growing stronger and it possesses you. So it's very weird how it's like, well, you can't kill them. It's kind of like gremlins, man. If you kill them, you're you're even more fucked.
1: Should we go over the rules real quick? Sure. I wrote down the rules. Oh, good. Good. Forgive me because it the late. When they're in the car driving to what they consider to be a safe place, the grandmother tells them that there are specific rules when dealing with rotten. And the first rule is don't use electric lights. So there's something about electric lights that they can track or sense or whatever. Mm. So don't use them. Um, Don't stay close to animals. And I think the sort of... They go crazy. Yeah, the point is, like, the animals are the first ones that the demons try to possess. It's like in bad weather, when there's a bad
0: disaster coming, you you watch the animals, you start seeing them. Every every movie has taught you this. If you
1: see birds flying frantically, you're like, oh, shit, what's happening? The next one is don't have anything to take that's close to them. I, I don't know that that made a lot of sense to me in the moment when I was watching it, but I think what I'm getting from that is... Don't – almost like with Pedro and his son and the mom is possessed, like don't have the son because the demon wants the son back, right? Yeah. So that's that's what I'm taking for, taking away from oh, yeah. that point. Don't hurt them. You're like, what? How am I supposed to do anything with this? Correct. Never name evil by its name. And then the grandmother starts rattling off Lucifer and, you know, you're like, no, yeah. no, stop. Um, <laughs> never shoot with firearms. So you can't shoot these things and Ruiz found out the hard way. Yeah. And the last one that you don't hear until way later, because she only gives six in the car, don't be afraid of dying. And I think it's sort of like bees can smell fear, like the demons know you're scared and yeah. you gotta in order to do what you gotta do to stop evil, you can't be afraid to die.
0: Yeah. No, all all good rules, right? I mean, and I love the movies that use that as a, like, mechanism yeah. to really, like, it doesn't lay flow- the groundwork of, like, where this movie's going, how long this has been around. Because there was a scene where, like, when you're talking about the lights, they, like, looked upon where the town was. All the lights were off. So there was, like, a bat signal out to be, like, shit's going down. I'm turning off all the lights. And this whole countryside just goes dark. Yeah. it's, it's You know, it's pretty interesting.
1: And the list is good, I think. I Would have liked it to be a little bit more concise. It's not really like the one, two, Freddy's coming for you kind of thing. Yeah. But, but I, I do like that they kind of explained it because then you're like, okay, now we understand the rules. What
0: the fuck? Oh, so there was a scene where, you know, towards the end, my last one where I was just kind of like almost like the drop to me, but it was like, I'll, I'll consider it the what the fuck. Is that Pedro and Mitra? I mean, is
1: it Mir- Mirta? Mirta.
0: Maybe? Yeah, that's there's Maybe. no e in it
1: yeah so near the something like that
0: MITRA Mitra Okay okay I think uh anyway um so when she gets in her, you know she, she's she's really trying to figure out where the source of this demon is they go to this school and there's a scene where they're just kind of like walking by oh, the these it's middle of the night it's dark out oh. and these kids are just sitting in this classroom like classes in session and they just pursue to get into this building and pursue to get close to this demon like to source it out and I'm just what the fuck man go go away like there's this is my point about Pedro he's just like I don't give a rap I'm getting after this thing because it's pretty much t- obliterated his family
1: Oh, he's, he's other to than to his start, brother he's ready to start punching kids
0: yes <laughs> and he's like swearing at him he's like you tell me and they keep telling him to go somewhere else because they don't the source is there in the right. heart of this school. And, you know, they were protecting it. And this is exactly what, you know, Mitra was trying to say. Myrta, yep. maybe that's better. Yeah. But what she was trying to say is like, yeah, evil likes children. Children like evil. The, and you could just – she said it right around that scene where I'm just like, oh, my God, what the fuck. So much kids in this thing that I'm just like, let's not go into this school and watch all these kids get murdered. <laughs> like, like we're Because the movie's already gotten to this point. And I'm like, Jesus, what's happening next? So yeah, I was like, what the fuck?
1: The other quick what the fucks I have, um, I just love when Ruiz throws on a pair of like driving gloves and he's like, all right, let's move this body. And you're like, there's no way <laughs> you in those. Get this off my property. Yeah, like you're wearing some fucking Cole Haan gloves and you think that that's going to help you pull <laughs> Uriel who weighs probably like 450 pounds off of this bed and pick him up into a flatbed. Like not going to happen.
0: Well, I guess that brings us to our next uh, segment here is our, award our awards. Uh, the first award being the Franklin, right? The wet blanket, the guy you want to see get killed first. I think mine was Ruiz. Uh, he, that guy bothered me from jump.
1: I do like Ruiz for that one, but honestly, I threw in the mom. I threw in his ex-wife because... Sabrina. You cheated on your husband, had another man's baby while you were still married, and then you're treating him like he's the fucking psycho. And she won't even stop and listen to two words that she's just, she won't even hear him out. He's like, you are in danger and so are our kids. And she's like, get out of my house or I'm calling the police. I'm like, I want her to go. Like, she just pissed me off. Nice, no. I mean, realistically, I think we both wanted Uriel to be the first one because I didn't want to see him on screen anymore. No, <laughs> turned <yeah>. my stomach. Oh, <laughs> well, it all made sense later. Yeah, like because yep. I had no idea what was going on. I was like, yeah, why, why would just kill this
0: guy? Like, why is he so big? What's
1: going on? Yeah, I thought the cleaner was going to be Doctor. Now they were going to bring him in, and he's going to be like, you're eating too much. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, Franklin. So I had Ruiz, uh, Judy, the mean girl, or the mean guy, whatever. I'm calling the, uh, the, the mean girl goes. To the rotten, the rotten is the mean girl. Yeah, because when it takes over the mother slash ex wife, and she calls Pedro, she says, "You gave me a damaged son." I thought that was just so mean. Oh yeah, because oh, the the, 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 they just knew how to turn yeah, the turn the screws. The older yeah. the older son is nonverbal autistic. And she says, you gave me a damaged son. Yeah. Was... And I thought that was pretty fucked up. So the rotten takes the evil. <laughs> yes. <laughs> takes the Judy award. <laughs>
0: Which is also in the head of Sabrina. So you're just like almost
1: combining these, guys, yes. these two. You don't like Sabrina. I didn't. I just thought she was so absolutely frantic and I, just wouldn't stop but for I, two seconds. You're
0: right. I didn't either because I was like, dude, Wendy Torrance, relax. Yeah. Like,
1: Sherry Duvall's stop screaming for body double. Oh. Yeah.
0: Yeah. She She was really grasping for that vibe. Jarvis or Uncle Charles,
1: mine are the same. I got a double award winner, Pedro. Pedro. Yeah, Pedro yeah, that's what, that's what I
0: had too. I said who whoever kills the demon is my Jarvis because you just keep the cycle going. Yep. but then I just I just put Pedro. I mean, I just was like this guy just was like no matter what happened, he, he put a lot of people in harm's way. He he got involved
1: with Ruiz. It's it's attached to him. Right. Don't let it why are you letting it get attached to you? Why did he go to the landowner? Ruiz? But he didn't have fear.
0: Right? He kept pursuing right. and getting to the bottom of it. So yeah, you're like, stop it, dude. Just just, you know, hey, here's a plane ticket. Let's you know, go to go to uh Chile. I don't care where you go. Get out of town, man. Yep. But he didn't. Agreed. Uh and they ain't never gonna be right. All right, so it's at the first, I wrote this right away without even the movie ending yet. A lot of names can get thrown into this, but my first they never going to be right is Santino, the boy that watched his younger
1: sister get mauled by a dog. I'm just going to leave that scene there. I don't want to refute that because I don't want to give anything away, but I don't think he's not going to be right for very long. <laughs> he did, Spoiler, he didn't make it. Either so yeah, just just picture like <laughs> picture you're at the Big E and someone's walking around with one of those giant turkey legs. Just put that in your mind and then watch. Oh the scene.
0: my god! <laughs> now. As the movie went along, I also pulled Pedro and Jaime into this. Yeah,
1: those are my winners ultimately, but yeah. I think it's a good point.
0: It started off right there goes like that kid ain't never gonna be right. That's what the awards named after. But he also met his demise, so that's why I was like, well, that doesn't work. Yeah, because he's not gonna <laughs> he he ain't never gonna be right because he's dead. <laughs> so so sorry, sorry for the spoiler, but
1: you don't know how he goes. Other than people die in a horror movie, people yeah, get over yeah. it. All right. We're trying I to give you a little spoilers as we can. We're
0: leading you to water to go see it and experience it for yourself and you'll you'll know why we are uh very high on this movie. Yep. <laughs> uh soundtrack we already kind of touched on. I'm just throwing nine out of ten. Yeah. Yeah, you, you give it the rating, but I I I, swear, I said i hey, it was subtle and impactful. And that's just completely those were my yep. notes. Uh hopeful or tropeful. What was the other one? You had another one to that. No, the other category we did. Okay, so hopeful or truffle Yeah, I think we want to know more about this Rotten. Let's keep you know you can keep that going. They could they could sequel it, for sure. They could put it in every other language at this point. Yeah, keep this one as Spanish. Bring bring Rotten to
1: America. Let's see what happens in New York City. The, the I think the hopeful is that we see more from the writer director. Yes, that's hopeful. I want to see more. I loved yeah. it. No. Blockbuster rental spaces. The racks. Uh,
0: so this is hard, right? So five skulls out of five skulls on Shudder. Uh, so um, we both liked it. You said 10 out of 10. You gave it 9 out of 10 on the soundtrack. God, it's hard because it was subtitled. So I'm kind of like going back to this blockbuster age. It probably wouldn't get its just due. But, yeah, I'll give it, I'll give it, you know, because of our ranking system, I'm giving it 9 racks just because it's
1: it was, it was, like you just said, almost the, you already said, Best movie 2023 horror? I think so. It's up there at least. Uh, it might be might be my number 1. Before that it was Talk to Me, but I think this one just edges out Talk to Me and this had way more death. So
0: Talk to yeah. Me was a little different, you know,
1: you know, it, it
0: had But both started in a scenes. different country,
1: oh, yeah. which is great. They're yeah, not, these aren't American horrors. I like to see what the directors from other countries and like their their takes on horror movies. I don't think we got a lot of that. I think we yeah. watched a lot of like white bread horror movies for a long time and I think this is a different Different vibe. I'm gonna say, in terms of blockbuster rental spaces, one tape, because this is what I'm keeping behind the counter and giving just to like the oh, really, look at you, the really you hardcore flipped, horror you fans. You flip this ranking on its head because if I if I gave that to the average person who's like, oh, rated our horror movie, I could watch that with my my friend or my 16 year old or something, and then you see all these crazy scenes in it. So this like, is oh. it.
0: No, all right. So this is this yeah. is a whole nother ranking. You, you're you're like, um, oh God, what's that? Uh, Eleven out of ten. Who's who's the who's that band that? Oh, Spinal Tap. Spinal Tap. You're Spinal yeah. Tap in this situation here. You're saying
1: staff pick, one tape staff pick. Like you're you're lucky. It's if not. I recommend it. To it's you. not ready for the mainstream yet, and the mainstream is not ready for. Well, that's it.
0: why I said with my kind of hot yeah. take, where I'm like, Netflix. If you get a hold of this shit, it will become Blair
1: Witch in 2024. Like I think what will happen is it'll be a very talked about movie. Because people, it already will, is.
0: Like, yeah, people will go, see go it. Review, yeah. Go read all the reviews before. Don't listen to us. Yeah. Because we, we, you saw it on Shudder. It just popped up on your algorithm and you're like, yeah. all right, let's check it out. That was like two months ago. You were like ahead of it two months ago saying, hey, this is coming out at the end of November we got to get on this train and here we on, are. Yeah. It was on my Google feed. It said something like, we just couldn't watch it during Thanksgiving or Christmas. Cause it didn't make any sense. Now
1: it makes sense. Yeah. It said there's a, there's a horror film coming to shutter at the end of this month. So this is like maybe October at the end of this month. That's going to like rock your socks off. You were, intrigued. I read a quick yep. paragraph for it. And that's when I was like, Hey, we're going to talk about a movie we're going to do soon. And we mentioned it a couple times in the podcast and it just wasn't the right time yet. And, I would say that what's tough for us, Jay, is that like we're always a little bit behind because we have work schedules and stuff. We're not doing this as like our full time job to constantly just say, hey, we're ready to do a horror movie like the day it came out. So we're a little bit behind the eight ball on this one. But I don't think that it's something that
0: we might be all ahead of our listeners, though. Yeah, you
1: you can't rush this kind of greatness. I think if you watch this whenever you watch it, it's perfect because you're going to rewatch it. It's one that you're going to want to watch all the time and you're going to want to it's one that you're going to talk about and you're going to want your friends to see. I was on my other podcast yesterday doing a meeting and I'm like, Oh my God, I just watched this great horror movie. Like you guys got oh, to wow. tell you about it
0: to the masses. You're just the, the the casuals. Yeah. Cause I'm like, not that, Hey, I'm not calling the, the listeners of or the guys on your other podcast. It's casuals. Almost, yeah. It's almost like
1: <laughs> the possession version of like a terrifier, right? Where it's like a little bit Ooh. indie. It's got a cult following and it's just, really out there right and it's well because of you we you know
0: i became part of the terrifier cult following like it, i still think it's small in
1: retrospect
0: yeah you know like i i could talk to a hundred people that i know and i don't think anyone's watched it so i still think it's a rare breed and this is kind of that other cultish type it will live in the horror movie uh sub-categories of like this was an epic movie
1: Go see it. Yeah, I mean, dare I say, like it's not a classic, and it doesn't have enough legs, I don't think, to for people to consider this argument yet. But I think long term, this is probably going to be one of the best possession movies of all time. I, see, I just maybe he's just is. got hot takes all over the place. I just think it is. Yeah. I don't want to be super hot on it because it's fresh and new, and I just saw it and I was like blown away. We, by were the, it, we
0: were the same way about "Talk to Me," and that's what everyone thought too. The problem with this is like Shutter—you got something with some gold behind it. I, you know, I'm happy that it came out on your platform. This is going to draw, hopefully, some of our listeners to that platform, us to stay on it, all those good things. Like, keep doing what you're doing. We you got two movies that we've just reviewed. You know, the Christmas one—it was fun. No, it was yeah. it was entertaining. This one got it. You got us. You're like, all right, what what's the next shutter original? You got? That's the best part about it. It's a shutter original. The director, writer, phenomenal job. It had great cinematography. Beautiful. It great was really Great story. Well written, well acted. Like that's the other I like, totally. you don't know anybody in this movie and you could just feel the drama behind it. And I don't even understand what they're saying. That's, I, I mean, the fact that I'm here, I am not an artsy person. This is one of my first subtitle movies. I hate to say it. I'm 41 years old. I stay away from those. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not interested. I'm ADD when it comes to movies. Like, I just want to sit there and be dumb.
1: I had to actually pay attention, and I think that drew me in. It's a perfect point because I'm kind of the same way. There's very few full subtitle movies that I can say are, like, in my top you know, like 50 kind of thing. But I would put this up there, at least in in the horror spectrum. But I would absolutely watch it again. And I, I don't think that it detracted from it as much as I thought it was going to, although it was in places hard to follow where I had to be like, okay, wait a second. I wanted to see what that person was doing on the screen, but I also... Didn't read with the words that they said. So I had to. Well,
0: I think you're hitting you know. it on an ad. This is a movie that you're going to have to rewatch. And I think the listeners hopefully will see it and be like, wow, that was good. I got to go see it again. Yeah. And that's where you want to be. That's where wow. we want to be. 100%. Um, we're going to wrap this up here, which is great. We got this pod maybe under an hour here, which is awesome. I just kind of want to talk about, you know, sorry for the delay. Christmas happened. We, you know, we were kind of a busy, busy crew
1: here, but. And we're saying screen it just because we didn't. Oh, I'm touch sorry. On that. Yeah, let's get. Stream it. S- stream it. 100%.
0: Yeah. Go, go get Shudder. Um, yeah. Sorry. You know, I would even go screen it if it came out. That's what I. Oh. I hope Shudder's like, holy shit, this is going to a huge following. Maybe we drop it in theaters. I hope exactly. the. And sh- then I would say go screen it.
1: Yeah. The same thing happened on Terrifier. Like. Yeah. Didn't get a big, big release and then gained such popularity quickly that they had to put it in theaters. I would watch it tomorrow in a movie theater. There you go. Yep. Yep.
0: So yeah, hundred percent. But a couple things that Eric and I were kicking around. I think what March we're gonna do something fun. Is it March? Was that the month? I think we're doing March. March. Do you want to do? Are we doing four movies that month? Or yeah, I think we're gonna do four. Hell, let's let's say it right now. We're we're gonna stay. We're gonna go in a different way here. You know, Eric and I have had many conversations. We get together often. We go see movies together. We're always chit chatting, texting. I listen to his other pod. You go ahead and
1: drop your other pod. What do you got? Oh, it's uh, uh at it's the four one three podcast. It's mostly about nostalgia and lists and greatest hits and things like that. But very,
0: very fun listen. Uh, good good plug there. I guess you know. So we're always chit chatting. And if you could see the room that we're in right now, one of these days maybe we'll do a video where we're live. But uh, we're in a shrine to like the 80s and 90s and VHS and just like what you just said, nostalgia. And we keep circling back in a lot of our conversations about action movies different types of action stars like Arnold. We already did The Predator on this podcast, and we just kind of fawned over Arnold. We both like wrestling. We went to go see The Iron Claw last week. So we still have other things that we really like, and I think we want to kind of bring some of that into this pod as well. Uh, We can call it the thriller section of this, but it's more action movie-based, and we really want to center around those 80s action films where we're going to, what, pick a movie from the top
1: four, yeah, I think we we mentioned that um, I would pick a film from Jean-Claude Van Damme and Steven Seagal. Um, again, I know that Steven Seagal has definitely not aged well, but there was a point where he was it. a massive action yeah. star. And so that's more on like the martial arts kind of side. And you were going to go with a little bit more of the... Sly
0: Stallone in Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, where it's a little bit more...
1: Kind of USA. Big and buff uh, guns. Guns and. and you know, cops, you know, that kind of. You know,
0: of we're, we're, we're going to, you know, those are, the four char- those are the four stars that we're going to choose But the movies. They're all going to be non disclosed until we uh, have the pods. So, March, we're going to kind of dedicate ourselves to that category, uh, something to look forward to. Um, we have not landed on a movie. We are actually probably going to go see a movie in a the theater called. Uh, Night Swim. Night Swim. So, yeah. um, my brother has already seen it he sent me a, a cryptic text he's like, I'll wait for you guys to do the pod before I say what I want to say I'm like, oh great okay <laughs> so we'll we'll see how the, but this this might be the one hey we're gonna go it might not even be left in the theaters by the time we get to it I'm really okay. not sure what the numbers are doing but maybe that's the next movie we do if not we'll 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 pop another uh, uh horror movie in here um, maybe later this month. Uh, We try to come back every two weeks. Sorry for the delay on this one, but uh, Christmas got in the way. It's the holidays. Come on. Lots going on, getting back to work and, you know, um, what were you going to do? Last night we were actually going to do the pod, and tonight we were going to go see Night Swim.
1: But weather, things changed. (laughs) And and
0: my kids got got in the way. Um, Then I watched this movie, (laughs) (laughs) and then I went to go hug them.
1: Thank God you have a very small dog. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: oh. Uh, so we'll leave it there. Great pod and uh, as always, peace out
1: later.